As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Why don't you guys talk about going to the Abbey the time before? I heard a I heard a rumor that somewhere in the area here there was a a monastery where they had nuns and they had an organ there inside the chapel and they also had a large amethyst like cathedral courts cathedral amethyst crystal on top of this portal supposedly there was a hole in the ground that went down to nobody knew where it was like some unknown portal that went down there and there was this large crystal sitting on top of it and so we're i heard the rumor and that there's there was this place from a a lady named dana at a at a donut shop I was I was in conversation with one day and talking about I don't know just I don't know getting donuts for the kids. So she she was telling me this story about how she was in there one day and uh, she had been in there a couple times and she wanted to play. She's a piano player and so she wanted to play the organ in there one day and so she went in there to uh, kind of sneak in and play the organ one day and so whenever she went in there and started playing one of the nuns was there and just kind of let her play because she played very well. And so whenever she got done playing, she was, uh, she was walking out or something like that. And, and so the, the nun had told her that uh, she had asked about the crystal or something she had seen there. And she's like, yes, this is the, uh, the three days that we move the crystal off the hole. Uh, every seven years, we move the crystal off the hole every seven years. And, and, 
Yeah, for three days, every seven years. And so uh, supposedly that's that's where she, when she went in to go play uh, the organ. And I was just wondering what this, where this place was. And so I looked up any place in the area where they had nuns or monastery or anything. And nothing was coming up. The abbey popped up. But it's a newer construction uh, back, I don't know, I think it was like 2000, 2010 or something like that. And it seemed like what she was talking about had happened a while ago, like it was something that she had done a longer, longer time ago. Anyway, yeah, uh, still looking for that place where we went. Uh, there was I, I, I went to go. We went there uh, the first time and uh, I kind of went into the bookstore where they have uh, the shop at the Abbey. And uh, I went to go start talking to the guy uh, there at the counter because you're not supposed to talk to the, the monks there because they have a vow of silence. They're not supposed to talk to anybody. So we respect that. We went to the shop and started talking to the guy behind the desk. Uh, we asked the guy who was out there, and he pointed us that way. And um, so we went in there to talk to him. And I, I asked him if there was anything like a crystal on top of a portal anywhere around there uh, connected to any ley lines or something. And he he's like, he didn't have any any knowledge or any awareness of anything like that. He said uh, ley lines had to do with maybe laymen, and laymen were the kind of the working class men, and that's that was the direction he took the conversation. So I was like, okay, he's he's not on part. I asked him if there was any supernatural stuff going on there, and he asked if I was in connection with the Catholic Church. And uh, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. He asked if I was saved, if I had been baptized, and if I believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I was like, I had been baptized. Uh, whenever I was 10 years old, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. And he's like, that, that'll be good for the rest of your life, you know? And so, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I said thank you for, for, for his information. He said if there was anything of interest to... Uh, Come back and ask him if we saw anything there. We were welcome to go and look around the place, go go into the crypt uh, underneath. And I said, "What's a crypt? That sounds like do you have the do you have dead monks down there?" And he said, "He said no, no, no. It's just the, the underneath the this the uh, the main chapel area. It's a it's a place where they they do." Uh, their prayers underneath the, the chapel. It's sort of supposed to be underground or half underground uh, traditionally. That's that's about the gist of our conversation together. As far as the first time I went there, she got some 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 good cheese and uh, I bought cheese. Some books and some a keychain and a pin. What else? I bought the keychain and the pin because they bless them there. And so I wanted the things to get blessed. And he went in the back and he put on his robe and he put on his hood. And then he did some chanting stuff over the keychain. And then he gave them to me. And it was St. Benedictine? Yeah, St. Benedict. St. Benedict, yeah. Was the, I guess, yeah, the main guy of the abbey saint benedict is the main guy of course you know there is a a large decorative thing outside uh what do you call those uh things above you put above doors doorways or large things there's a a large sculptural piece outside the chapel and in the middle of it 
I said, is that St. Benedict? He's like, no, that's our Lord and Savior, that was Jesus. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't sure. Uh, maybe uh, they also had some really nice artwork uh, in the crypt, uh, some large gold leaf paintings uh, that were, you know, uh, icons. That's what they're called. They're all women, though. It was all, it was all a bunch of women, though. The, the crypt part, which is so interesting, the crypt was dedicated to Mother Mary, and it was underground, of course. So it was like a womb space. But we went down the spiral staircase into the crypt, and then we went down into the, we went down to the, the river. And the river was kind of interesting. It was before it rained, so it was all, like, half of it was dry, and there was something about Danu there. That's what I remember is that it had that feeling of like fairies and fairy magic. And there was like these little caves in the, well, there's these like rock formations. And then there's like little caves underwater there. And I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely elementals here. It had that, that energy. And so I forced everyone to go to the, the farthest point that we could get on the river to see because it bends and of course the abbey is on like literally on top of this this river it's built like over the the river or this stream so i was trying to get to the farthest point to see what happened at the bend and i guess it goes into an actual lake but there was something about the water moving in that direction that that really called to me and i, I felt that new there and so we built like a rock formation to her to honor her and then there was that pipe that you were all like tripping on there's a large pipe that was coming up out of the ground that was broken and then there was other pipe pieces that were broken and it was like you know it looked like a straw that had been broken right as we were going there we got some drinks for the kids and one of the kids stuck his straw through the through the outside of the cup and there the 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 shape was coming out of his cup and it just made like a terrible mess all over it. It was very reminiscent when we got there that the pipeline coming out was like, you know, the source of a mess or something like that. It was just the same, same energy going on there, but uh, it was neat there. There, there were rivers. So where the caves were, it was like, there was some underground water coming from that way, but there's this main, this way we walked kind of out there to where we were at the point where they were they were meeting and the underground sort of river uh where it met the the main river we put the the formation we stacked rocks on top of each other i did some some dowsing to kind of see how the energy of the abbey worked and so there's like this this huge dragon line of energy that runs parallel to the abbey and i was trying to figure out if the if it was intentionally put there because the dragon line was already there or if the abbey actually created that line because the line goes from the abbey into the lake because it's the same line kind of like with the flow of the main river yeah like with where the that, river yeah where that river comes from I wasn't really sure what we were doing there because it was just like that weird triangle thing was there and it was broken and we were like, oh, it's the triangle or we have to square the circle or something. I don't know. There was something about that. But then, I don't know. It was just like she, Danu showed up and she was just like there and she didn't really tell us to do anything. 
but we paid tribute anyway, and it was just like this weird feeling of like just being watched. And later on, once Stephanie went there, we realized that we had like started the ritual, or we had like paved the way, or we I don't know, we did something that made it so when you went there, the ritual could happen the way it was supposed to happen. So like we laid down the the framework for it or something. Yeah, we were we uh, we had intentions of trying to help uh, mend the the uh, the masculine and. Uh, feminine energies there right. the first time we went so whenever we went back the rivers I they were up over all the stones and you couldn't even see the pipes that were sticking out of the the ground the river was up so high we couldn't even walk out to where we were before uh we couldn't really we just we could only go to uh we walked through this y'all walked through this uh, the forest but it was like a swamp to get to where that underground part of the water was coming out yeah before that after you guys went i want to talk about the pipe because we got on a big conversation about the pipe and what it meant and bridges because we were talking about the pipe and what was going on and we came to the conclusion that the flow of the feminine energy was being blocked was being stopped like there wasn't a connection there now did we fix the energy i don't know I don't know, but that that came up though when we were doing the ritual. That's so interesting to let you say that mm-hmm. because we were talking about um, pipe and the bridges and the caves, and we had this big conversation about all of that. And that's when the nephilim was trying to channel to you, and it came to me because you didn't want to talk to it. I don't remember that part. Tell me about that part. You don't remember that we were talking and we were having this conversation about whatever we were talking about, you know, we were going down the rabbit hole with the caves and, and we were in a video chat. So maybe our month or Monday meeting. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Or one of those times, I don't remember. I, that had to have been when it was. But you started to feel something coming in. You were like, no, no, I can't channel right now. I'm not going to channel. And then it popped to me. And that's why I asked you guys about that one. And um, I didn't get much. It was like, use bridges sparingly. Because we were talking about bridges and making the bridges go over the water and trying to figure out what this portion of the bridges was. And then it was like, use bridges sparingly. And then after that point, we realized that you don't want to make bridges over the water. You want to go with the flow of the water because the flow of the feminine was being blocked. Well, because when we went to... But when we went to Kachopton, you made me listen to that story about salmon. Do you remember the, the story about salmon? Mm-hmm. Can, you tell, can you tell that story about the salmon, like what it represents? The salmon and knowledge? It's uh, one of these fairy tales, folklore tales from Ireland. There's a salmon. Uh, perhaps it was one of the original colonizers of, of Ireland that, uh, that turned into a salmon and lived 
in nature for like hundreds, thousands of years and learned everything there is to know. And uh, there's a poet that was out there uh, one day trying to fish for this salmon. And he had uh, his pupil there with him. And this uh, this bard poet finally catches this fish. You know, he, he gets it cooking and he tells the boy, I'm going to go wash up and uh, don't take any of this fish. Don't don't eat any of it because the knowledge will lead to whoever, you know, eats the meat of this fish. And so um, as he's washing up, the boy is taking the fish off the uh, off the spit and he burns himself and he goes out and he sticks his thumb inside his mouth and uh from that point on the the knowledge jumped into the boy uh and when the the poet comes back he could tell instantly that the boy was transformed and he said what's your what's your real name and he tells him his real name which was hidden from him and he's like well uh, you can go ahead and eat the rest of the fish it, it wouldn't do an old man like me any good anyway. So the guy, anytime he needed to know anything from that point on, all he needed to do is stick his thumb in his mouth and he instantly knew whatever it was that he wanted to know. So that's the the myth of the, the salmon of knowledge. So it was uh, one of the kings of Ireland or something, one of these mis- mythical characters. I, I won't uh, try to remember the name right now because there's a lot of them and yeah. They're all good. So we got on the salmon thing, and then, so we were in Ohio, and I guess uh, the part of Ohio we were at used to be a canal town, and part of the Erie Canal is still there, and so they still have the locks there. All the water was going in one direction. It was all going downhill, but the locks are going up, not down. So you use the locks to, to go up the stream since all the water is going down the stream. And then there is this place in Zanesville called Three Rivers, the Three Rivers Bridge, where three big bodies of water intersect, and then there's like a waterfall, and it all goes down. But if you go to the locks, all the locks in that area, all are supposed to bring the boats up. So it's like the salmon. We were like, well, we're... we're listening to salmon on the way there and we're totally like having these synchronicities with these locks mm-hmm. it just seemed like that whole trip was like salmon it was like uh, we're like just fighting upstream the whole time and i don't know there was something about that something about wisdom and using the locks and the salmon and now you're saying that we had a conversation about bridges and then we just went to a wedding on a bridge called baker so whenever we were there, the tow truck guy that was helping me out with my flat tire, the second time we went Wait, there. Wait, which place are we going? Which place are we talking the about The second now? time we went to the Abbey. Okay. I got a flat tire on the van whenever we parked there by the river. And we had to call the tow truck guy to help us. And the tow truck guy said the bridge had been hit. He had to come out here because somebody ran into that bridge out there. One time, not that time, but another time before he had been out there because someone ran into that bridge. So, I didn't know that part. Did you know that part? Stephanie? No, I didn't y'all hear didn't him hear say that. that. Y'all didn't hear him say that. I was That was while we were out there. I was helping. Yeah, we were fixing the flat. He said he was talking about that. So we're supposed to use bridges sparingly? 
Right, because at the time we were talking about building bridges and what I got from that and the conversation we had is that the flow of the feminine energy was blocked. So flowing with the water, not stepping over it, like taking mm. a shortcut, not being in the emotion, not being in the flow, like if you go on the bridge. But don't be in the flow. Go over it. No, don't go over it. Don't go because over it. Because the, the, the feminine energy was blocked. So the feminine energy is blocked and it's not flowing. Like the gist I got was be, you know, release the emotion, release the flow, release that energy. Don't try to just build a bridge over it. Yeah. And like bypass. Well, that goes into what's happening right now. So right. that's interesting. Right. And somebody's not going with the flow. But anyway. Okay. Well, that's very interesting that all this is coming up. Right. We're not supposed so, to be building bridges. We're supposed to be moving upstream in the knowledge. Okay. All right, then. Okay, so then I decided to take a trip with my kids to go visit the Abbey and visit Heather and Buck and his kids and see what all of this was about because it was very interesting and there was definitely something going on. And so we went over there and we drive out to the Abbey and we barely got in there and Buck's van had a flat tire. Uh, but it happened to be at the place where we wanted to stop and have a picnic and explore because that's where the river flows and what they wanted to shoot. So coincidentally, we ended up exactly where we wanted to be. Yeah, that is a little weird too because we fixed the tire exactly at the right time too. So everything kind of was yeah. in sync. Right. So we pulled over to try to fix the flat and we got the ice chest out to eat and the kids were exploring. And as they were eating and exploring, Heather and I walked back up into the trees because there were more caves because we couldn't get to the caves that she had gone to before because it had rained and there was a lot more water flowing. We couldn't get there and we were exploring and feeling the energy. And it was a different energy by the caves than it was in the open area where we were. We were really just trying to fill into the energy and see what was going on. And I had the intuition or the, um, the desire to try the tree energetics that we had tried in our ritual in Tennessee. So I put my hands on a tree that I was drawn to and I pushed my energy down into the ground and the whole area lit up. It did. It was intense too. It was like, like you could almost like an earthquake. It was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I did that, I could feel that energy that was pulling just like the river. Like it was pulling me around and through like past the churn and I didn't know where it was going and then ticks started crawling all over me and so I didn't follow it anymore I just wanted to get out of there <laughs> that was all all itchy and scratchy it was interesting though that you say that the water was full then because then that would mean that the the water was actually moving in the right direction all of a sudden so the feminine energy mm -hmm. must have been moving correctly yeah, a lot more, a lot more was going with the feminine energy that time, the second time too, and um, 
yeah, I think that, yeah, we had a, yeah, a good connection that second time we did, uh, different things. I know whenever I was there with your oldest son, Dylan, um, y'all were up, y'all went up to go use your phone and call for the AAA guy. Cause we didn't have signal down there. And, uh, we had tried to fix the van by using a jack and we got the wheel off uh the flat wheel off and we were going to put the spare on but we had to lift it up some more we had to jack it up some more and as we were jacking up some more the van leaned forward and the jack was on uneven ground and so it all leaned forward and and just laid on the ground in front of us luckily slow enough that that nobody got hurt the jack just kind of just leaned over forward and then it was on the van was on the ground without the wheel on it so we had to call for help to get it up and the tow truck couldn't make it down there to the van because his tanks his gas tanks underneath his thing were scraping whenever he was trying to get down there so the monks were over there too at that point at one point or another wait i'm getting I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Yeah, let's, let's wait for that. Let's say, uh, so y'all went up to go call, and uh, and we were down there kind of trying to fix the van. Uh, we had, we had me- messed up the van. We were like, what are we going to do here? So we, we wanted to make a good impact. I wanted to do something to, to kind of make a good impact. We saw this puddle, and there was like a, a puddle that was a heart shape, and inside the puddle there was like a heart-shaped rock. And... Um, we took another rock and we put it in the ground there. There was a puddle and then there was like another puddle inside the puddle that were like a heart inside of a heart. And we took a heart shaped rock and we put it inside the middle of the hearts and we, we stepped on it or I stepped on it or, and then, you know, to kind of leave a good impression in that area. Y'all were coming back down in the truck Y'all drove over it with your your tire track rolled over that particular spot that uh, we had set that rock inside those two in that puddle that was kind of inter- that was pretty neat too uh, interesting so y'all came back down and we had uh, we were waiting for the AAA guy and what did we we had to go use the bathroom we all went back up there y'all picked us up for so while while they are trying to fix the tire and jack it up on a jack that wasn't made for the van (laughs) (laughs) which didn't help either um heather and i were over by the water and we saw ducks like why are these ducks here can't figure out what the ducks mean like they've got to be something they're just standing there sitting there staring at each other and that's when you said they were about feng shui yeah, fun, ducks and feng shui. So if you want to bring in a mate or you want to bring in a counterpart, you're supposed to put two ducks together on your altar or in your... So in feng shui, it's in your corner of love. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, which is also the feminine corner <laughs> or the, the, the corner of women. So you put that in, in that corner and I can't remember which corner it is. I have it written down, but if, if you don't want to do it in that corner, then you put it on your altar. So you make a love altar for yourself. And then you put two ducks staring at each other in your altar. They have to be looking at each other though. These have to find each other. And it just so happens that these ducks were staring at each other exactly how you put them in feng shui. And I was like, okay, that's, that's really, really strange. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I guess we need to back up and talk about our automatic writing channeling session that we had with the light language, because we were going to, I forgot about that. We were going to practice channeling light language or, or well, so was. And I was in transit when they were doing it, but I started to feel like I need to channel something. My arm oh, was yeah. on fire. And when I got home, I started just writing pages and pages and I can't read it. I don't know what, what it said. Heather was able to read it. And it was about this past life and this past relationship with this person Somebody who he was really wanting to talk to you, that's right. And he kept writing things over and over and over again. Right. And that what happened right before we went to the Abbey. So then we saw these ducks. It was like, okay, we have to heal something with this person or we have to call him in. We have to do something, something with, with this person. Now, the other thing about that is Buck saw a river in that drawing. Do you remember that? You saw a river, a river winding around on a piece of land. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. It was very similar to the it was very similar to where we were. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so then we started thinking about the calling in this person and the divine feminine, the divine masculine, trying to figure out what the hell we were supposed to do. So then we started just asking Buck random questions. <laughs> <laughs> what we needed to do. I wouldn't tell him why we asked. We're just like, hey. I was <laughs> digging a hole under the van trying to get the jack to fit because the, the jack was made for a truck and not for a van. It wouldn't just fit underneath where we needed a jack. And I'm digging it up. And y'all go ahead. Y'all start asking me, what should we do? What do we do here? And I'm like, oh, well, y'all need to dig. <laughs> You need to dig. Yeah, so, so that conversation, I don't remember what all we said, but it 
it ended up that we were talking about this flow of the feminine energy and how it was backed up. So then we started looking for a place in this area where the energy was stopped and where it was backed up. And there was this drainage pipe that came out the side of the hill and there was a big, just muddy, rocky area around it. And we're like, okay, this is where it's stopped. This is the energy that is blocked and we have to unblock that somehow. And through discussion and brainstorming and asking questions, we realized that I needed to take a lot of the that toxic feminine and those energies that were being blocked by the masculine and release them and bury them in this area so that they could be released and healed and move into the flow. Um, and that started the process of creating a ritual to call in somebody, a helper or um, somebody that will help us on this journey. We're not really for sure exactly what the purpose of the person is still. No, we are not, but we found the person. That's interesting. We did, <laughs> we did find the, the person. One week of us doing the ritual, the person shows up. While we were talking about releasing these these blockages with the feminine energy and all of these toxic parts, I was actually eating an apple at the time. So felt it was appropriate to use that apple and that energy to to put everything in. So when we had taken the kids up to the bathroom, I wrote a letter to this uh, this person that came through the automatic writing to release energy with this person um, and to really come to terms because through that conversation, through the automatic writing, I had not forgiven myself for how we had ended the relationship or how it had happened in that past life. So I had written a letter wrote all kinds of thoughts. So then when we went back down, I put all of that toxic energy and everything I was releasing into the apple core. And then I buried it in the mud and turned this stagnant area into a grave, essentially. And while I was doing that, Heather was at the water throwing orange peels and giving um, gifts to the fairies. Yes, I just, I felt this need to give some kind of offering or to honor them in some way because they were showing up because they're like, oh, you guys are doing it correctly. And so the energy had shifted and I was like, yeah, we got to give, we have to give some kind of honor because before that, Buck and I had honored Janu and we gave her this thing and I felt the same thing needed to happen. And for some reason, orange peels felt right because of the color and because they, they like bright things. So it was taken away really quickly into the river. Yeah, about the time you finished that, I walked over to the water with my letter and I ripped it up and put it into the water with an offering that I had given. And the water took it away. And later I remembered that I said, you know, bring him to me. 
<laughs> so why? So I did that, and then we went up to the Abbey after that to check the cell phone and to see if the tow truck was coming because where we were, there was no cell service. We had to go up to the Abbey to get that. So we all went up to the Abbey where we finished the ritual. So I guess just Heather, my son, and me, we were the three. We drove in the truck and everyone else chose to walk. Right, so we went up there by ourselves and we went down into the crypt to light candles. My candle would not light for the yeah. life of me. It would not light. We tried, what, 10, 15 times? Yes. Yeah, Stephanie's lit right up. <laughs> so then um, as we were going up to the Abbey, we, we knew that we needed to do um, timeline work. So I had my candle and I was looking for a place to set it because there were several altars in this crypt area. We talked about like each of the little alcoves have a different altar with a picture of a saint. And there was one of Mary Magdalene, which was very appropriate because we have, we've done some work with Mary Magdalene before. So I put the candle on her altar and then knelt down in front of it. And then Heather walked me through. Um, just like a journey session yeah. is what I was seeing and what I was feeling about it. And we actually, we paved a road. Oops. We paved a road. So we had the little goblin builders come and fix the road so that he could find you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and there were some other things about the Sullivan's cologne and some other things that just were kind of random. We went through the ritual. Um, it only took like 15 minutes, but it was really intense. Mm -hmm. All right. So in this ritual, the, the goblins and the fairies came and helped me to repair this road. And then I met this person and we actually buried the same thing that I gave as an offering in the water. It came back to me and we buried it in the ground to anchor that point. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we anchored that point, but I did not see who this person was. I did not smell any cologne. Um, so I was clueless, but I knew that when I figured it out, I would know. And then that was it. And then about that time, Buck and the rest of the group came down and Heather handed him her candle because she couldn't get it to light and maybe he needed to light it. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk, he walks straight up. I hand him the candle. It lights right away. And he lit the candle with your candle, not knowing. <laughs> Without <it>. knowing. <laughs> <laughs> and it lit right up. And he stuck, sticks it right next to her candle. And I'm like, alrighty then. <laughs> it just to me this a masculine energy. You have it in here, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And then we went upstairs. And the tow truck person called. Yep. Like as soon as we finished and somebody had asked, well, when is the tow truck person supposed to be here? And they called. <laughs> and we went back down and monks. 
There are monks in their trunks standing there staring at the van <laughs> with the tow truck guy. And this is where Vogue talks about the monks. Go ahead and finish because you already started that whole thing. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, the tow truck guy couldn't get his truck down there. And so the monks and the tow truck guy are all down there looking at the van, trying to figure out how 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 that happened how the wheel got off and the van's there on the ground and i told them that the 10 year old did it and <laughs> and then i asked the monks if they believe me if, if i told them it was magic and they their, their eyes lit up a little bit and so i was like yeah yeah well uh yeah i, I tried to explain to them well what happened and uh the tow truck guy's like i don't know how i can get this your car up off the ground here and the the monks are like whoa how about a forklift we got a bobcat and so uh he said yeah that would that would work fine and so the monks went and got their bobcat uh forklift and brought it over and came and jacked up the van and the tow truck guy put my spare tire on uh, the spare tire was kind of low on air. So whenever they got it on, we drove up and out and onto the road and it kind of had pulled the tire off the rim, the spare tire off the rim and the tow truck guy reset the tire on the, on the rim for us and filled it up with air and, and, uh, got it back up and running. I mean, that was, it was, everything worked, worked out well. Exactly how it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, and they were actually the monks started singing then, but we were we were kind of tired from walking up and down a few times. We just were hungry, and the shop was closed, so we couldn't get cheese, and we didn't we didn't plan to not have cheese. And I think that's where where we all made the the opted for Pizza Hut or yeah to go get pizza because there was the cheese. Pizza. So we needed cheese definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So then what happened afterwards? So a week later, exactly a week later to the day. So, no, we um, we did that on a Thursday. They were close. And then we had talked, we had talked to Welsa about it, and she gave us a little bit more information about the fairies and how the orange peels had been a beacon to get their attention before I had put the letter down. So they were already on attention before we had requested anything from them. So they had assisted, even though they say that they weren't there to help us. They were there because the kids were having fun and they sent no, the monks to help us there. because of the kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that helped, though. I'm sure that the childlike mm-hmm. energy helped, but I don't think it's the... right. They knew we were coming. They wouldn't have fucked with the tire. I know. Um, but then on that Thursday, we were recording a podcast, and it was supposed to be about our backstories. And somehow we got on to, oh, I said something about the Sugar Plum Perry, Fairy. Oh, that's right. And we were we got on the subject of the tones again and what the tones meant that I heard in February. And somehow we brought in a lot of other information that told me exactly who that person was. 
<laughs> and down to his last name. Right, down to the last name. Um, Cologne, what smell that Heather smell was accurate for this person. Um, yeah, we pulled his last name right out of our ass. That was incredible. There was a lot of synchronicity. We won't want to tell it because it's no, a long story. But. No, we, yeah, we don't want to do that. But it was, yeah, one week to the day. To the day. We knew exactly who it who was. was. Yes. And then we looked him up and found him. And I've talked to him a little bit, but I don't know why. Not What's yet. Not yet. No, we haven't figured that out yet. It'll, it'll show up. It's going to. You didn't, you didn't ask to be with him. You didn't ask to, yeah. you didn't ask to know all you asked was him to bring him to you. So that's exactly what right. happened. Right. So I guess now you need to ask about the rest. <laughs> I know because he has no, I, I found this person. I have not talked to them in your years. I don't even remember the last time I talked to them, looked them up and laid out everything that had happened from hearing tones to his higher self tormenting me and my friends. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, don't condemn me to hell. Don't tell me I need to be saved. Don't commit me. <laughs> what did he, he say? say? <laughs> he was like, hell yeah, past lives. <laughs> that was <laughs> it. <laughs> like, okay, that's no help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah I haven't really talked much more about anything since then it's not time so, no you just had to know who he was so that way when it's time you can go to him it's interesting yeah, yeah. Hmm. the plot thickens I know maybe we need to do another ritual about what he knows that we need to know or what the end game is here. Yeah. Hmm. So that was our trip to the Abbey. And then the Abbey thing just kept getting weirder and weirder because Crowley has an Abbey or had an Abbey has like he's alive still. Crowley had an Abbey in Sicily and then Bridget started showing up a bunch. Mm -hmm. And you and found she, a whole church to Bridget or something like that? Right? The yeah, church a, here mm -hmm, is uh, St. Bridget. The Catholic church here in town is St. Bridget. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and Bridget has a, a following and they had, she had a monastery or some kind of an house. Irish. She, she was an Irish saint. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. she has something and there she has followers that lit her sacred flame. She's and, bigger than St. Patrick in Ireland. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of same Bridget. Hmm. Yeah, she was she was a pagan goddess before she was a saint. There was there's a lot of Bridget connections before Saint Bridget, but yes, there's a lot of yes. Is it Bridget or Bridges? Because like the right, <laughs> don't use Bridges too much. I know, right? I kept thinking that too. I'm like Bridget, Bridges. Like, what's going on with that whole situation right there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But the Bridget thing kept coming up and the Abby thing kept coming up. And there's so much about Abby's that we found out later. There's this whole thing about it. But yeah. So is there anything else we need to talk about? Is that it? Or Bridget's a pretty masculine, feminine entity. How uh, so? Well, uh, she's Hearthfire, you know. She's a, she's a forge goddess, you know. That's just, uh, she did a lot of things. She was a mover, you know. She did things. She wasn't uh, known to be, you know, the passive uh, companion. She was, the, she was a, a, a forefront, you know. She was a leader. Um, and, uh, yeah, in that way, she was a, 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 mas- a masculine feminine entity, uh, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. I never thought about it that way, but, yeah, that is true, huh? She's more of, like, a dark feminine. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she has... Oh, she's triple goddess. She's a triple she's goddess got- as well? Yeah. Of course she is. Of course she's a triple goddess. There's a lot. A lot of triple god, triple goddess stuff happening, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with all of that. No. And then she has something to do with the the womb stuff, too. She does, yeah. She has a lot to do with womb space as well. That's interesting. The, the, uh, in the festival for Bridget in Ireland, they make these little, uh, these little things out of uh, hay. And they look like little swastikas, but it's the it's a, been a tradition for you know a thousand years or something like that that they make these little. But they're in a that same form that they, you know, the pattern that repeating pattern, and they they hang them, and uh, yeah, it's part of it. that energy. I guess you could say womb because that you know that that hollow space and then the way that it comes down into that hollow space follow the spiral path you know that that's sort of that spiral pattern that's different follow the spiral huh that's saint bridget okay so i guess we're supposed to look more into saint bridget because there's more going on there i thought the spiral path was ellen but ellen's mm-hmm. the one that told me but then i get ellen and bridget confused all the time they're very similar in their energies. Maybe I was talking to Bridget, not Ellen. So that's our Abby story and coincidences. Thank you for listening to the Council of Greg. Links and show notes for this episode are located at www.councilofgreg.com. If you like the podcast, please share on social media and don't forget to subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you in the mystery. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.